Hello, and welcome to another amazing edition to Beef Sticks Podcast! Oh, Vigashim Bigora, it's the St. Patty's Day Massacre. Oh, top of the evening to y'all now. Oh, we got us an Irish pirate over here. We call him Jack McSparrow. <laughs> He holds his rum in a pot of gold. And wonders why it's always gone. Leprechaun, man. That's a, that's a good, bad horror. I movie. love the Leprechaun series. Did you know they went to Halloween on it? And they made, like, a sequel reboot? It was called made... Leprechauns, right? And it wasn't anything like Leprechaun. It was like some weird shit. That might have happened, but that's not I what I'm speaking of. I think that's the one of. that Hornswoggle was in. Oh, God. <laughs> no, but they did a Leprechaun Returns, and it's just like the new Halloween where it's it ignores all the other sequels, and it's supposed to be the, the next sequel after the first one. It's supposed to be pretty decent. I'd be fine with it. Leprechaun's Revenge, maybe it's called. I, I haven't seen it. I You know what? I like... I like Leprechaun because I like funny horror movies that don't mm. want to be serious because I have a hard time with horror movies because I'm just too desensitized. So I like the funny ones like The Scream mm. and the I Know What You Did Last Summer. and Right, no, go, growing up, my mom would always go on about uh, like being terrified of the movie The Fog or The Birds. Back when shit was yeah, actually uh, oh, scary. Birds is fucking awesome. That's a, mm. Birds is a suspenseful thriller, though. It's not really a horror movie. I mean, you could classify it as it, but... That would have scared you, you know what I mean? And and as they keep coming out and coming out and coming out, like, for me, the the gorier, the better. I'm a big fan of the uh, Devil's Rejects. I'm cool with goriers better, but at the same time, the gorier, the less scary it is Mm -hmm. because the less real it feels. Like, I love uh, Last House on the Left, the original, not the remake. And it's not even gory at all, but it's just super realistic. And super makes you feel like, oh shit, this could happen to me. We're obviously leprechaun. That's not going to happen to you. It could. It couldn't. Unless you live in Alabama, there's never been a real you leprechaun. You smoke enough meth, you could owe could money to a an crackhead. angry, midget who tracks you down endlessly. Could have been a crackhead, got hold to the wrong stuff. Thought he was a leprechaun. That's Look it up on YouTube, folks. It's one of the best YouTube clips ever. Leprechaun in Space is the best one, by the way. I, I haven't seen that one. And what? I've never seen Jason in Space, and I just don't want to see either one. Oh, Leprechaun in Space is the... the you don't watch Jason. A- a- aliens, man. That was after Aliens. There's no reason to have another horror movie in space. Man, but the Leprechaun bursts from a dude's penis. Is that that one? Yeah. Oh. The dude kills him, know. pisses on his corpse, <laughs> and then he's about to have sex later. And Leprechaun bursts out of his penis with a fucking lightsaber in his hand. If that doesn't sell the movie to you, don't watch movies at all. <laughs> I didn't know there's a, a movie where Leprechaun bursts out of his penis, but I did not know it was Leprechaun in space. Hey, see, we get onto these horror movies, man, like Rubber and shit. I think it was, was it last week or the week before? Yeah, we, were yeah, talking we about talked rubber? about Rubber last yeah, week. Yeah, man. We need, to, we need to get to <laughs> the teeth, top. Teeth top. is where it started. I know, right? <laughs> Top of the show, pasty. What do we got at the top of the show, man? Top of the show to you, Fat Mac. This week, 
Our sponsors are Qualities. I'm going to stop with the accent now. Of Wilmer, Minnesota. Yeah, that was definitely not even an Irish one. That was, that was like a fucking New Jersey uh, carny. I don't do the voice as well. But Quality is bringing you the t-shirts you need at the reasonable fees located conveniently in Wilmer, Minnesota. And also assisting in putting on the first annual Wilmer Mania with AWF and Pep's Barbershop. That's April 6, 2019. It's coming up quick. Doors at 6 p.m. Bell time, 7 p.m. Ringside tickets are $15. General admission is $10. And kids 8 and under are free. Tickets are available online at vitalculture.com or in Wilmer at Pep's Barbershop and Relentless Inc. Let me tell you something, brother. This Wilmer mania here with Tony DiNucci, who he had the real Bane brother, brother, and Randy the Rainmaker Rain, who puts Okada to shame, brother. This is what it's going to be like when I slam the 700-pound Andre the Giant in front of 30 million fans on an Astrodome on Mars, brother. Oh, yeah, you don't want to miss out. AWF. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, our good friend, Corey Matthews at Monster Wear Clothing, bringing you all your small run or bulk orders on decals, stickers, T-shirts, hoodies, hats, glassware, jerseys, and many other types and styles of fabrics, along with custom graphics and logo design services offered. Monster Wear Clothing is your one-stop shop for all the branding marketing you need. Hey, we haven't mentioned this in a while, but we were just talking about Jason. He also hand paints custom hockey masks for all your horror core wear and apparel. That's all on this planet. Fat Mac, take him to outer space. I tell you what, it is T minus 129 days to the galactic event. So prepare to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the alleged Apollo 11 moon landing. And make sure to watch The Shining so you can uh, get the lowdown on what really happened, folks. I'm not going to tell you here, but check it out. We're going to have lots of debates about that at the get down. That's going to be a lot of fun. I think it should be good. This is an interstellar style, fourth annual galactic get down event, three day outer space themed music and camping festival. It's located in the outskirts of Houston. We have a problem. Minnesota at the beautiful, luxurious, so breathtaking outback ranch. There are going to be two stages. So that means there is no overlapping music. You don't have to trade in one performance for the other. You don't have to decide which person you want to listen to, which group you want to hear. You don't have to pass out at one place and wake up and not know what's going on. There's something for everyone at the Galactic Get Down. The festival is, of course, family-friendly, as we like to remind you. And there's plenty of activities on site. The festival also provides a variety of artists painting and creating all weekend. There's independent food vendors that'll satisfy every craving you have. And with craft and art vendors lining the path, I'm pretty sure you're going to find something to deck out your spaceship. Some of the folks you're going to be hearing 
during the galactic get down outer space experience is Zach Deputy. Zach Deputy. Reed Grimm. Space Monkey Mafia. Gin Strings. Space Monster. Spare Change Trio. Hot Peak Hangover. High Rise. Whiskey for the Lady. So many more. I'm not going to tell them to you all here. And still more to be announced, as I found out watching the Smoke and Joe show this week on Facebook. Hot diggity damn. Yes, folks, this event is held July 18th, starting at 7 p.m. through July 20th, ending at noon p.m. Let's get fucking out of this world! You can find your tickets available at galacticgetdown.com. And if you didn't hear last week, or the week before, or even the week before... This is brought to you by Dead Larry, Seahorse Productions, and Vicarious Visions. That's right. You can pick up your tickets now for $110. That's tax included at the Galactic Get Down website. Or tickets will be $125 at the gate. You don't want to be the suit that pays more than everybody else. They also have day passes available. Day passes! For those of you who... Don't have the time, but want to enjoy some of your favorite music. So stay tuned for that once the actual lineups get released. It's going to be a good time. Looking forward to this weekend. I need it. 129 days. Can't go by fast enough. I want to be back out in the hills, in the horse pastures, with the get down sign, wet dawn. (laughs) are alive with the sound of aliens. And Pacey, we got four minutes left, so I am going to shoehorn in a little bit of beer. Everybody needs a little bit of beer. Everybody needs a little bit of beer, and I am drinking Brow Brothers Sheephead Ale. As the official card game of the Brow family, Sheephead is often a bitter affair. Ha, ha, ha. Hops trump this ale featuring four spicy varieties in generous additions. Spicy. Finally, an extended period of dry humping. Oh, I'm sorry. Dry hopping brings it all together. It could be both. Why not both? An extended period of dry humping tends to chafe out the weenus. Exactly. Malt is not completely forgotten, though, folks. Don't worry! As multiple toasted malts do not fail to add balance and structure to this intense ale. The Brow Brothers game is as unique as their beer, and both are a family treat. Now let me suckle from this sheep's teeth. Oh, fun, a fun. Kind of a, um... Oh, it almost feels if you mixed an oatmeal stout with an IPA. It isn't as hypey as as it uh, sells itself as, but it does have the malt. It's almost like a 50-50 of hops and malt to where it gives you a really balanced beer that isn't overly heavy or dark, but isn't overly bitter and sharp either. Need that in a 40. No doubt. This is like right down the center like easy drinking. I like this one. It isn't. It isn't a. Uh, it's called a. They call it American bitter sheephead ale, and it's not bitter at all. 
I like my bitter beers. That's oh, because it's America, the land of snow. Merca. This is Merca bitter. Bitter. I divorced her. Um, but no, I, I I enjoy this a lot. It, it's really, it's down the middle in the best way, not in a boring way. To where it's like you can drink this with anything. Having a steak, drink it. Shrimp, drink it. Sitting out on your porch, drink it. Middle of winter, drink it. Out of the galactic get down, drink it. Drink it. Irish. Fucking drink it. Irish fucked sheep. Oh, yeah. We'll call it Irish. And folks, this week we have for you a list of the top 10 wrestlers St. Patrick's would like to drink with himself. He would. And he would fuck sheep with them also. Not saying these wrestlers fuck sheep. We're just saying St. Patrick fucked sheep. They'd fuck sheep if St. Patrick was around. I mean, St. Patrick was known for his sheep fucking. That That man had a long but girthless cock. It was like it was like the longest pencil you've ever seen. Angel hair pasta. Holy shit, that was a sheep running away right there. <laughs> God damn. No, St. Patrick's favorite Irish wrestlers. Gracie, I think we need to start off with number 10, the Irish wrestler he hates the most. The one who mocks him and hides it won't. beneath the ring. And can't reach the sheep to fuck him. He gets fucked by sheep, I'm sure. At these family gatherings. And of course, coming in short at number 10, Hornswoggle. Yeah, the old swoggle. You know, he pops up from time to time. He's popped up everywhere. He recently Even popped up at wrestling. the women's, women's Royal Rumble match. The women's, yeah, yeah, he was there under the ring. Probably masturbating. Masturbating, shitting in a bucket. We all know how that goes. Zelina Vega caught him masturbating. He's like, hey, you got to touch this. And that's why he chased her off. I'm not sure why he was brought in. I don't know the story behind Hornswoggle, Pasty. I don't know the exact story behind him. I do know that he was not the original pick to be Vince McMahon's son in the whole GTV no. thing or whatever it was. He was brought in as, as Finley's little gimmick. Is that why he was brought in, though? Is yeah, it, and they both had little shillelaghs. Okay. Yeah, he was supposed to be a mini Finley. Uh, it was it was a silly thing, but it was the most seriously they ever portrayed Hornswoggle. In but it w. caught on. And then he became mm. Vince McMahon's son after uh, Mr. Kennedy. Kennedy got released for um, steroid use, which is still debated to this day. Could you imagine if Kennedy was still part of the authority scheme? This far in? I think I, I, I could imagine if Kennedy was still part of WWE. You'd get a um, great I, head-to-head rivalry between him and Yeah, Shane. I don't know about the authority regime, but I think it would be great to be still part of the WWE. I think um, I think what was planned to happen and what would have to happen is it would have to be proven later that Kennedy forged it to try to get ahead. Yeah. And then he would have a rivalry with the, the McMahons. I can't see that gimmick lasting super long, but I think it would have been good. It would have been better than Hornswoggle. <laughs> and let's not forget, Pasty once told me that Hornswoggle was revealed as the uh, anonymous Raw General Manager? Yeah, I, I think so. Is that canon? I believe so, yeah. That's fucked up. <laughs> like, there's no reason for that. That's another one of WWE saying, we have no fucking game plans. So let's just throw a random person in they wouldn't suspect. Mm. Which is literally how they got to the uh, McMahon something. 
Uh, let's move on from Hornswoggle. I'm sick of Swoggle. All right. I'll let you introduce number nine. You love to say his name. Number nine is Murder, Death, Kill, who was made famous from the Judge Dredd movies. Yes, that's the one with the three seashells. He sometimes goes by uh, Killian Dane. Killian Dane is a part of Sanity. Um, was honestly my least favorite part of Sanity, but I ain't gonna lie. During the last war game, or first not the last war games. war games, the first war games match, he super impressed me, and then he never impressed me after that again. <laughs> He is a giant, uh, probably the antithesis of Hornswoggle, if I can use a seven-point word pasty. I'll allow it. Um, he works decent with Sanity, which is a pretty shallow faction as it is. He's big. He's got a great beard. Hasn't won a BV for it, though. No, no, not yet. I don't got a lot of positives to say about him. Um, I... Probably could say more negative, but, I mean, he's he's still making a name for himself, right? Yeah, well, Sanity's been featured in, like, one match on the main roster in the last one year. One match! And he didn't even fight. He was just at ringside. He was there. They said, there goes death, murder, burial, mortem. And then they moved on. But somebody who's new, up and coming, and is making a splash in WWE, but from across the pond, as they call it, pasty. That's right. Coming in at number eight, Jordan Devlin. Devlin. Trained by Finn Balor. Wrestled in the UK tournament under WWE's flag. He's got a face that I just can't stand. He looks like uh, Finn Balor if he wasn't remotely sexy. But he still thinks he's sexy. Which is which is just sad. I don't even want yeah. to think of Finn Balor not sexy. It's like while Balor was training him, he was like trying to steal parts of his face. And yeah. then Balor caught on partway through and stopped training him altogether. It was like a it was like a creator wrestler mode. Yeah. And he just started copying and pasting and then he's like, No Yeah, that's what it was. Yep. Yeah, he put a he put a fucking control Z on that. Fun fact, though, Jordan Devlin got his name when Finn Balor came in one day and Jordan Devlin was late for practice and he's sitting over the stove. And Finn Balor said, what's going on, my lad? And Jordan Devlin said, I'm just deviling me some eggs. (laughs) And Finn Balor, ever since, when he was at school, at the Wrestling Academy, would say, there goes Jordan Devlin. And that's that's legit how he got his name. That's 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 true. Wikipedia. Yeah, another fun fact about Ireland too. Ireland is most famously known for their potatoes. But they also have eggs. Everything in Ireland is either alcohol or potato shaped. Yes. <laughs> Next up on our list is a, a gal I'm pretty fond of. You kinda you got a YouTuber, you gotta find her. She's made in what back in my day would have been called a tape trading career, where maybe she's not really put into the big companies, but everybody who pays attention to the rumblings underground knows her. And that's Casey Owens. She is one badass, tatted, female Irish wrestler 
Is she Canadian I, too? Because obviously she's related to Kevin. <laughs> she's not Canadian, although in a link to Canada, her first non-Irish match was actually for the Japanese promotion Ice Ribbon. So you got the ice connection there. I was like, but it's Japanese. What are you talking about? <laughs> ice. Ice, baby. We got that dun, 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 dun. Uh, but she's a former British Empire Women's Champion, a former Insane Championship Wrestling Women's Championship er, Champion, and a former Southside Wrestling Entertainment Champion, Queen of the Southside. Um, she can do hardcore matches and can do technical shit. She's really, really, really fun. And she actually has a sister who isn't quite as good as her unless they're in tag team known as the Leia, tw- uh, the, the, not the Leia, the Owens twins, but her sister is Leia Owens. Um, her sister's just making a name for herself. She's coming up. And I, I would expect everybody listening to this in five years or so to definitely know the name Leia Owens. But uh, yeah, Casey Owens deserves a nod. She is a well-rounded Irish female wrestler who would easily go toe-to-toe with Becky Lynch. That's just what we need. What we don't need is number six, Pasty. Number six might surprise you. It shouldn't, but it might. It might. None other than the owner and founder of WWE, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And the crowd goes wild. Sorry, I'm trying to breathe. It's hard to breathe right now. It is. I'm not going to lie. There is thick with whiskey and tobacco smoke. Tobacco. Whiskey and tobacco. That is called Irish perfume. Yeah, good old uh, VKM. Obviously, I I hate to say it, but I'm 99.97% sure that we would not have a podcast if it were not for Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Yeah, I think so. So you really got to cheers him and, and give him the respect that's due to him. At the same time, hold him responsible for what he has done. Now, he doesn't quite break the top five, even though he's probably, not not probably, definitely the most influential on the list. But because this is one of the few on this list who is of Irish descent, although is a multi-generational American Irish, and um, without doing any research at all, I don't know that he's ever been to Ireland. I would I would suppose he has. To scout talent. Well, I was going to say for, you know, his family, but yeah, that sounds more like Vince McMahon, scout talent. I'll give you that. Ah. 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 Yeah, he, he pulls some power moves. Uh, love him, hate him. You got to respect the man. You got to respect him, and he's definitely influenced everything we know about this. Yes. And sir, who starts with a V and has a Mick name, which is kind of crazy. Really? You're going to go there? Yeah, Mick name. You're going to go Mick there. Name. 
is someone that might not be recognizable to our listeners, but nonetheless super influential to the current day product. And this is a woman known as Velvet McIntyre. No relation to Drew, but in 1983, when the WWE actually moved away from the NWA, because... Believe it or not, folks, the WWF was part of the National Wrestling Alliance. It was it was because National Wrestling Alliance was the biggest promotion. But uh, Velvet McIntyre was in a tag team with a young gal named Victoria, not the Victoria y'all know, but a uh, a Victoria, and they were immediately recognized as the WWF Women's Tag Team Champions. They didn't even have to win a make-believe tournament in Rio de Janeiro. (laughs) Didn't even have to. It was her and Princess Victoria. The duo defended the championship against the teams of uh, Wendy Richter and Peggy Lee. And uh, they had really good names back then. They did. They did. At, no wonder Velvet McIntyre's the standard. And later star. on, Desiree Peterson actually ended up replacing Victoria in the team. But at that time, the duo lost their titles to Judy Martin and Lilani Kai. And that happened, ironically, I don't know about ironically, but kind of noteworthy in Egypt, Casey. Ooh. McIntyre went on to a singles career where she started feuding with the fabulous Moolah. Um, she was actually in WrestleMania 2 against the fabulous Moolah. And even though she lost that match, she actually had her left leg draped over the bottom rope pasty, so she should have won it. She later did win the WWF Championship in 86 when she defeated Moolah at the Brisbane Festival Hall on WWF's 1986 Australian Tour. But Moolah, being the uh, cunt who held on to everything as she is, she was the she was the female Triple H, folks. Let's just say that. She regained her title six days... Triple H learned everything he knows. You're damn right. (laughs) Mula got her title back six days later in Sydney, Australia. So, uh, uh, one thing I will say, love or hate Mula, Mula did call McIntyre the best female wrestler from Canada. And being as Canada has gave us some of the best wrestlers in the world, you would think that that really holds a lot of clout. Yeah, it should definitely mean a lot. It's uh, it's interesting to know that WWE is touring the world as extensively as they were back then, too. It, you know, it's fun to, to look into that kind of stuff and see where they were that many moons ago. I mean, how many how many promotions with the word world in, the, in their name have never left the country? You know what I mean? A ton. Yeah. Now, WWE, we still got a problem because we ain't left the universe yet. But we are moving... To the old Irish Isle of Jade. I just <laughs> to somebody who left the WWE universe momentarily to join the Ninja Turtles universe. TMNT Power. And of course, we're talking about one half of the bar. Bebop! Oh, good sorry. old Seamus. 
He was pretty entertaining in that Ninja Turtles movie. I got to give him you credit. Probably my favorite thing in the I'm movie. I'm one of the few the people American that movie. actually liked that movie and the sequel. That movie was the sequel. Oh, but okay. Well, I liked the original and the sequel. How do you like that? I liked the sequel better than the original, but I didn't like either one of them very much. There you go. And that's fine. The tur- they fucked the turtles up. They look, they look, they look stupid. Let me say this. They look repulsive. How, how can you say that? I hate that I have to say the turtles look stupid when the movies I grew up with exist. Can I say that A, they looked repulsive, but B, they looked more like turtles than any other yeah. incarnation? Yeah. Um, whether that, that, that was probably the wrong choice, but I give them credit for trying it. But we'll go off of the green turtles and go on to the green aisle with the man who is one half of one of the greatest tag teams ever. The bar. Seamus used to be McIntyre or no Seamus. Uh, what was, what was his, uh, God it was Max it. something. I- uh, Seamus Mack, I should. I'll do some digging. You keep. You do talking. some digging. I'll do some talking. From the guy that showed up with the palest skin, to where he looked at Paige and said, "Hot damn, where'd you get that tag?" <laughs> and the reddest of fiery hair, to where he looked at uh, some women I've been with and said, "Wow, that crotch is not fiery at all." The man came into a huge push and went straight into the main event. He was a big overseas sensation. And then... It was Seamus O'Shaughnessy. O'Shaughnessy. Very not Mac, but very (laughs) Irish nonetheless. (laughs) Mac O. Yeah, Mac O. Mac O. I'll tell you what, Pasty. I'm going to start calling you Fat O. Pasty, when you get with the Mac... Pasty. When you get with the Mac, you're going to get the O. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no, but he, he definitely, they pushed him to the moon, and then uh, a lot of it probably had to do with his lack of mic skills, which was rough. Or his three-move move. His set. lack of ring work. That they really toned him down super quickly. Like, he went from main eventing and being in the world title picture constantly to not even being in the undercard and just being nothing. I kind of feel like his career is comparable to that of Ryback, but he stuck around. You know what I mean? I'll give you that. I think Ryback was more difficult backstage and, and Sheamus is more like, Hey, as long as you're paying me, I'll fill whatever, whatever role you want. Remember Ryback once said that, the the undercard should make as much as the main eventers. That probably doesn't please Vince McMahon and the people upstairs. <laughs> yeah, no, and I would ag- no. that's one time that I'm gonna agree with them. I don't think that the undercard should make as much as the main eventers. That's just not even AEW's doing that. No, no, they've they've admitted that. Everybody starts out the same, quote unquote, because we know they're not all starting out the same. Right, because you got your top tier guys that are obviously making more. But the mid carters that come in are allegedly all starting the same, and they'll go from and there. Either go up or down depending on your performance. Moving on to somebody I'd like to go up and down on, Pasty. All right, the man who named himself after an Irish folklore, Finn Bauer. 
Oh man, that six pack, man! I could wash clothes on that shit. Grate some cheese. You could, you could, and uh, and I would eat that cheese. <laughs> what do you got to say about old good old Finn Balor, pasty? I love Finn. He's he's always he's always been fun to watch. He's had a very good career. WWE won't give him anything, and they try. They gave him the Universal Title. He he, he gave it back the day. Later. It wasn't his fault. But no, it was Seth's fault. It wasn't Seth's fault. But first of all, the guy deserves to be in the top five because his WWE name is super Irish. And even though it isn't Seamus or O'Shaughnessy or McMahon or McMaster or McIntyre, actually, his first name is derived from the Irish mythological creature. Fiona Mac Cumhail. Don't laugh at the Cumhail, Casey. <laughs> Don't laugh at the Cumhail. Is that what happens when you ejaculate from a plane? That's what happens when you ejaculate in Canada. It's Cumhail. <laughs> and Bowler is Gaelic, which is um not gay, but is an ancient Irish language, and that means Demon King, which we know he has come out as. So it's kind of cool that, uh, you know, we, we all, I don't know about we all, let me just speak for myself. When he signed with WWE, I said, they're going to waste him. Yes, they did. And I said, they're going to change his name to something stupid. He used to be Prince Devitt. Super yeah, awesome fucking name. But I will admit... I, I the whole prince thing. Finn Balor, though, when you look at what it actually means, when you got the mythological hero of Fionn MacCumhill, and you got Balor, meaning Demon King, it actually gives you a little pride, at least if you're Finn, I would guess, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean... And he's a great performer. Top notch. Awesome performer. First Universal Champion. Very first. Yes, indeed. And we all know that's more important than Brock Lesnar. And nobody ever thought that would happen, right? Yeah, no, not not at all. And they put on a good-ass match for that championship. Too right. Too right. Finn Balor, one of the best performers on... uh, Dare I say the best performer on the list. I don't dare I say he is. We're talking just in-ring work, best performer on the list. And Yeah. Yep. Best body. <laughs> Best body, and that's including our next one, Pasty. Who's our next con- contender for St. Patrick's favorite Irish wrestlers? Well, number two happens to be a lot of people's favorite Irish wrestler at the moment. That's Becky the Man Lynch. The Man. Oh, it's... It's been a fun ride. We went from the, it gets stale here every now and then, but it always comes back to being a fun ride. She saves it. I, I feel yeah. like every time the writers try to fucking sink her, she floats to the top on her own merits. Mm-hmm. It does make me sad seeing Ronda Rousey trying to keep up on social media. She doesn't do it as well. Yeah, and this last pay-per-view just proved how much they're trying to sink Becky, and she still rises to the top. Uh-huh. And we'll get to that later, folks. Becky Lynch, the fire-headed Irish last kicker, who is 
not only more than willing to exude her Irish heritage, but would doesn't need her Irish heritage to exist. Seamus, his character rides on his Irish heritage. I feel yeah. like Becky Lynch makes her Irish heritage known despite how popular she is. Like she, that's not what makes her popular. People aren't thinking of her as she could easily ditch the accent and play any kind of character. Oh, for sure. But she owns it and she turns it up. She's the most Irish, Irish wrestler on this list. And she may be. Now I said Finn Balor was the best in ring worker. Becky Lynch may be the most talented worker on this list. I'm going to say maybe because the top three all could be could arguably be the best talents on this list. Truthfully, uh, but uh, Becky would probably be my forerunner for best Irish talent on this list. But um, nonetheless, uh, nothing negative to say, other than how WWE has treated her. Yeah, but it's it's still fun watching her battle back against all of it, and it's good times. She she's made the last year in wrestling bearable when it's been very rough. And you know, Pacey, I'm gonna say this. Oh shit. I said oh shit. Well thank you for saying that. Yep, I'm glad I did. My uh my good old sheep head uh gave me a little too much head and now I have a wet desk. Oh no. Um for get the straw. The first one did not overhead, this one overheaded. Uh, let me say this. People compare Becky Lynch to Stone Cold Steve Austin, and I'm not saying that's wrong. But what I will say is I feel she's more of a combination of Daniel Bryan and Stone Cold Steve Austin, where WWE seems to fight putting her over, where they embraced Stone Cold Steve Austin. She has yeah. the Stone Cold character down, but she's still getting the pushback from management and from the front office. And even just, again, just this latest pay-per-view showed us that even if it's building to a story, that was not a pay-per-view match ending that Stone Cold would have ever had. I think we can all agree to that. Oh, yeah. So, See, and my, my big sadness here is through all of this build and everything right that Becky's done, despite what WWE's put her through and tried to shut her down, it's going to suck after WrestleMania when Lacey Evans takes that title right away. And that is a, a ballsy prediction, but a... Uh, but not- Why else would they be parading her around week after week without having her compete? It's going to be a big thing when she comes in. And it's either going to be SmackDown or Raw, and I, I think once once Ronda Rousey's out of the picture, I think you, especially as Vince McMahon, you have her take it from Oh, Becky like I said, it's a ballsy prediction, but as I was going to say, I don't think it's a wrong prediction. I think she is, um, she is a much, as much of a female Hulk Hogan as you can get, <laughs> and I'm curious how that might work with the current audience it could work against her or it could work for her and i think a lot of it depends on how the writers portray her yep no i gotta say though the way they did it with uh they did it with eva marie where they had her parade out and go back and it was stupid and we couldn't stupid. stand that they had emmalina do it we couldn't stand that stupid. and now they're having 
Lacey Evans do it and and I'm actually buying it for once. So I think they finally got it right, at least the right person to do it. Out of those three, she's at least believable. Yeah, because I, I every time I see it, I, I get more I'm more in anticipation of her actual debut. Great, Pasty. Yeah. Let's knock out the number one. I'm going to give this one to you to start out well, with. Well, I don't think we could knock out number one if we tried. I No. No. No one as, as one of the most badass and legit brawlers in the business, Pasty. Who do we got? Number one is Dave Fit Finley. Definitely a badass for the ages. Mm-hmm. And his his career with WWE has spanned the ages. I'm not even familiar with his original run. I was gonna say, don't don't forget that he was uh he was big in WCW. Mm-hmm. Um literally uh, he, he didn't leave WCW until they folded. He was with them from ninety-five to two thousand mm-hmm. to where he held not only the European championship or um not the yeah, the European no, not the European. They didn't have a European. Uh, TV, sorry, TV title. He held not only the TV title, but he also held the hardcore title multiple times. This man was also a winner of Catch Wrestling Association, which Pacey is a catch-as-catch-can promotion. And for folks who don't know what that means, that basically means shoot wrestling or like they don't predetermine the winner. You don't decide what moves you do ahead of time. You just fucking fight. Freestyle wrestling. Freestyle wrestling. He won the Catch Wrestling Association British Commonwealth Championship once, Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship once, Middleweight Championship four times. This guy is fucking legit. He was a mid-carder in WCW and a mid-carder in WWE, and a lot of that has to go with personality. He doesn't have mm. a lot of personality. In fact, in WWE, <laughs> we ranked him number one in this this one, Pasty. And in WWE, my name is Finley, and I love to fight. <laughs> that was his gimmick in WWE. In WWE, he's only held one title, and that was the U.S. title one time. It was only one time. One really? time that he's ever held any title, and it was the U.S. title, which at the time he held it was about as legitimate as the WWE ECW title. I mean, it was well, shit at that time. Shit. I'll give him the credit of he he may have um he may have been a mid-carder in WWE, but at least he was a prominent mid-carder cuz of that era, he's one of the one of the stars who stands out more than anybody else in my mind. And that's that's what Dave Finley did. He was a prominent mid-carder in WCW where he was always on every pay-per-view. He was on almost every Raw. He was on all your Saturday nights. He was he was always there because everybody knew he would put on a believable match. When you watched mm-hmm. Dave Finley, you felt like you were watching something real. And you dug it. The man, and not, not only that, but he was super, unlike uh, Finn Balor, as you mentioned, Pasty, he was just super proud of his Irish, whether that was the company 
using that gimmick for him or whether it that was him himself. It definitely was WWE with him carrying oh. around the shillelagh. Shillelagh! But even in uh, w- <laughs> or WCW, he had the uh, green and black trunks and stuff, and it's like... Mm. He was always he was always proud of his style. He was one of the first in WCW to use the European uppercuts that we that we see so often today in WWE wrestling. Yeah. This guy You know, the, the accolades probably don't back it up, but there's no way at least you and I from the era that we've come from there's no way that Dave Fit Finley is not number one on St. Patrick's favorite Irish wrestler's top ten list. No way. And the thing is, even beyond wrestling, he's still one of the most prominently featured backstage personalities in WWE. Anytime there's an injury or somewhere where people need to get pulled apart, he's there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he and he works with the talent in NXT. Um mm. Weekly. I mean, he's there every day. He, he works with them. He is a, a mainstay backstage because of his extensive knowledge of pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. No, I give him as much credit for WWE's current roster and how well they perform despite what WWE does as I do for William Regal. So we give him the pot of fucking gold at the end of the rainbow. But as my job as uh, conductor, I have to move us along, Pasty. And we got to jump right right in to the Beef Sticks pay-per-view results. Fastlane 2019, where you and I literally picked the exact same fucking picks. And we did really good, too. (laughs) We did. (laughs) Um, We did. The pre-show match had... uh, Nakamura versus the New Day, which was consisted uh, of uh, Kofi Kingston and Big E. It was Xavier Woods and Big E. Or, sorry, Xavier Woods and Big E. It was at the the right before the match was when Vince told Kofi, you know, if you want to talk about the the match tonight, wait outside my office. And then he had him wait till just before the event later in the night. Yeah, which we'll we'll get to that. You and I, <laughs> yeah, I think you and I have different opinions on that. I think we do. But um, this match I did not watch. Don't have nothing to say about it. I've heard good things about it. I had it on in the background, but as is with every pre-show, I'm I'm, I'm getting ready to watch the show. So I wasn't paying attention. Nobody cares, folks. Moving on to the main (sighs) card. It doesn't count anyway. SmackDown Tag Team Championship. We had the Usos defending their titles against... Miz and Mac. I'm not going to lie. Right. I skipped this match because I didn't give a shit, but I seen the fallout. Okay. And that's the from what thing. I've, from what I've watched and read, the match really wasn't anything, but the fallout was important. So, well, the match, the match in itself, it told a story. The it told a story that Vince McMahon's son can put himself in any match he wants. And we get that. But let's get well, to the real I mean, Miz, story. Miz has told. told the story of of his father's at ringside. He wants to, you know, sh- prove, make his father proud, whatever. He ended up going to the top rope multiple times throughout the match, which is something you never see Miz do. Yeah. Um, and he went up one too many times, and that's what caused the loss. He, he uh, 
fucking one of the Usos got their knees up and won the match. Yeah, he went for like a double axe handle to the outside mm-hmm. or something. Man. But I, I liked that. I liked how how Miz, you know, he he's wants to make Shane happy. He wants to make his dad happy. Uh, Shane's intercept with that uh, with the with the. Uh, coast to coast. He did a coast to coast on the Uso as the Uso was jumping off the top rope, caught him in the middle of the ring. That was pretty oh, fantastic to watch too. Yeah, that was fun to watch. And then, yeah, just Miz trying to impress both of them. And it, it's fun seeing Miz be like the, the clueless baby face. I guess not watching the match in my head. I don't want to see Miz play that role. So I don't feel like I missed anything. Um, the fallout, though, was great with yes. um, Mr. Mazarian, who they called Mr. Miz, I guess, because they forgot he had half of a name after that, which is fine. Or Mizanin. Sorry, I said it wrong. But yeah, at least I remembered there was fucking another half of the name. <laughs> um, Shane, Shane, Shane was attacking him, and then he just went fucking ballistic on Miz. I, I will say one thing. I loved the Miz and Mac program. And I loved where the, we, you and I said last week, we know where this is going. <laughs> and and they probably did this the best perfect way they could. I, I love how they set it up. Mm. They should have had a plant. Well, I mean, we knew we'd get Miz versus Shane at Crown Jewel when he replaced him in the best of the world tournament. Yes. And it's and it's similar here, but um, they should have had a plant because Miz's father is terrible. Looked like he didn't give a fucking shit that his son was getting the shit beat out of him. They kept cutting make, back to makes- him, <laughs> and he was like, "Man, it was <laughs> like, oh my god." Less facial expression than Jr. Yeah, they really shouldn't have kept cutting back to him. It was really <laughs> rough. Uh, but I loved, I loved the part where Shane grabbed him by the face was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it, it was awesome, and, and I loved that whole storyline at the end. Hmm. But, and you, you got to put the ending into consideration. But the match itself was meh. Yeah. I give it a meh. Well, you didn't watch the match, so. Well, the, let's put it this way. If they can't get me to want to watch the match, it's obviously a meh. <laughs> like, I'll not want to watch a match sometimes, and then everybody will be like, oh my god, this is a great match, and I'll watch it. There's nobody saying this was a great match. <laughs> no, no. It was a good way to start the show, though. We'll give it that. Um, next we had this. And like I said, more so for the story than the. Yeah, so I I seen what was important. Yeah. Uh, The SmackDown Women's Championship is next. Asuka defeated Mandy Rose. Yep, she did. Let me say this. It was better than I expected. But God, this really showed off how green Mandy Rose is, Pacey. Mm -hmm. Yep. Didn't Sonia Deville had to get involved too, didn't she? Yeah, it was a really awkward finish too because they protected Mandy Rose because they had Asuka trip on the ring apron 
that Sonya Deville flipped up to grab a kendo stick. So Sonya didn't use the kendo stick, but they had Asuka trip on the rope. Or they, and I'm sorry, not Asuka. I, I apologize. They had Mandy trip on the rope for Asuka to win. So they, I get that they're trying to create dissent between Mandy and Deville, but I don't think Asuka should have had to have help to win this match. I think ah, they just keep hurting yeah, Asuka. No. no, and they shouldn't be building up dissent between Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville either. Because they need each Mandy's other. Not, Mandy's not ready to no, stand. No, they yet. need. They super Sonya need Deville each could, other. but as soon as Sonya Deville is on her own, she's going to be with Nia Jax and fucking Tamina. You know what yeah. I mean? They're not going to do anything right by Sonya. Yeah, there was no reason for this ending. It should have been Asuka winning clean. Um, Again, better than I expected, but not a good match. Nope. Still, starting the card, that's okay. Okay, pasty. defend the next match. Okay. <laughs> well, who's at this time? Kofi's waiting for the better part of 45 minutes to talk to Vince. Remember that, folks. Like, We've had two matches, and he, it's been 45 minutes. And the rest minutes. of the pre-show. And the rest of the pre-show. So that's how long that, this the, fucking the pay-per-view new day. dragged. Two matches, and he's been waiting 45 minutes. It was like I the rough. Pre-show. I watched the, it in... The match took place partway no, through the pre-show. No, fuck this, Pacey. Yeah. I had to watch it in three settings. This is not pre-show. Don't throw the pre-show into this. Fucking two matches, and it's been 45 minutes. It was rough. This was a rough pay-per-view to watch. I literally had to watch it in three days. I watched it in one sitting. Long is the only description (laughs) for this. Two matches, and and they were fucking the tag team and the women's match. 45 minutes in, pasty. (laughs) It's rough. So Vince calls Kofi. And the next match, of course, is going to be a fucking barn burner amazing match. Go ahead. I won't interrupt you anymore. So Vince finally invites Kofi and the New Day into his office. They start talking, and they're asking him to make it a three-way match. And he says, you know what? Fine. You're right. The main event will be a three-way match. Or, or no, the, the WWE title match will be a three-way match, and your match is next. New Day, your bar from ringside. And Kofi goes out expecting his WWE championship match to be the third match on the card for some fucking reason. For some reason. <laughs> I was like, what? They're going to do that? But pretty much as soon as Vince caught, said it, I kind of caught on. I caught on before Kofi got to the ring. And yeah, he got to the ring and the bar comes out. And it's a two-on-one handicap match. So we, re- so we literally had... The WWE world title match turned into a two-on-one handicap non-title match. On a pay-per-view. Yep. Just to fuck... No, just, just to bone Kofi Kingston which, as hard as he could. Which they have not said or have any storyline on why that may or may not happen. So we don't have a storyline why it would happen. Vince just doesn't want to see him in the in the main event at WrestleMania. He said that. Mm. Well, it's it's I think it's an implied storyline. 
It's not now, implied storyline. As, as somebody watching this pay per view, you have no fucking idea why Kofi Kingston is facing the bar. It is well, a it's cluster. The same thing. It's the fuck. same thing as when Vince came out and told him, you know what, you qualified for your match against Daniel Bryan. I'm giving it to Kevin Owens. Nobody knew why he did that. That pissed everybody off. Yeah, but he's just it's just a continuance of that. No, it isn't. It's just yes, it randomly is. changing matches that you've told your audience they're going to get that they want. That well, isn't a storyline. SmackDown, Kofi has to run the whole five-man gauntlet again, and you can bet he's coming in in the first spot. It's still stupid, and it's dumb, and nobody liked this match, and the storyline doesn't make sense. It's going to end up with Kofi versus Brian at Mania. Yes, we know where it's ending up, and that's the worst part. Is that we know where it's ending up, but they're not fucking. They're, you can't say dot one is here and dot seven is here. Now connect the dots, but none of the dots in between are two, four, five, six. Uh, like you can't do like that. Fucking, That's fucking stupid. You literally have is, an idea is, that you're trying to fucking ignore how to get there. And you're playing fucking pretend to get there. It's stupid. You can't just say things, and that's the story. It's a classic road to WrestleMania. No, it story, isn't. Though. That's there Stop. is no road to WrestleMania story, Pacey, that has ever gone this route. I defy not, you to not show on me on the one. show. Not on the show, but you go back to No Mercy on the Nintendo 64. Oh my god! You get god. on the, the road to WrestleMania. They're throwing every wrench at you to keep you out of that main event. That's all the fine. Way there. That's fine. Throwing wrenches at you to keep you out of the main event. That's fine. That's what they they're did doing that to, to Stone Cold Steve Austin. No, they're not uh-huh. doing that to Kofi because Kofi hasn't done anything to earn it, pasty. Yes. Not a thing. He's, when he was against, when it was McMahon versus Stone Cold, when it was McMahon versus Undertake, when it was McMahon versus Rock, <laughs> they had fucking main event, world title, fucking reasons that they should be there. This is just McMahon changing matches on a mid-carder and laughing. To me, it would be better if they weren't doing the same thing with Becky Lynch. But Becky Lynch makes sense. She's a main eventer. What? Part of Kofi Kingston's fucking journey are we supposed to cheer him on for? He's fucked up every fucking chance he's had. No, he won the, or he went for more than an hour in the last uh, gauntlet match. Which did not guarantee him anything. He had the best showcasing in Elimination Chamber. Which did not guarantee him anything. I think there was a qualifier match after that, like a fatal four-way. There was, and Vince gave it to, um... Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens. Okay. Yeah, after Kofi but won it. why do we want Kofi to fucking win it is my question. Because like, New Day rocks. <laughs> not, we want the Pancake Championship. Dude, not since fucking 2006 has New Day rocked. So oh, why do what we they want need, to though. give it to them? This is what they need. You don't want to see the New Day win tag team titles again. You know what I mean? I would. No, I would much prefer a New Day tag team run than what they're giving us with Kofi Kingston. Now, I am the first person... I still don't think Kofi Pacey, wins it at Mania, though. Hold on. I just think you give this to him. I think Kofi and Daniel can do a good Mania match. Pacey, you just want to interrupt me, but let me talk. No, I want Kofi talk. to have... I want Kofi to get a world title run, but they are setting him up as the next Roman Reigns 
where they are doing everything for us to say he doesn't deserve it and nothing for us to want him to have it. He's done nothing. This is uh, stupid. See, the thing this is, is I see exactly the opposite but of what you're saying. Just because you see it opposite doesn't watching, mean that's what it is, Pasty. You're I've been fucking following the at least on the pay per views, and I've been watching Ron SmackDown. No, a bit you're more fucking lately. it up, so but I'm, I'm going to call more you out on that, Pasty. I'm not going to no. just let you fucking say that because you know it's bullshit. And even if you want to follow through with it, it comes down to it's bullshit. It's wrong. It's not good storytelling. It's not good wrestling. They fucked up. Said it. Said it. They fucked up. <laughs> you don't like when I call you out, do you? No, you just don't let me have my own opinions. So no, I do, do but I'm not going to let oh. the listeners... I, I'll call you out when you're bullshitting, and I'm gonna I let wish the, we had vocal listeners so that they could call you out when you're bullshitting. I'm gonna let the listeners know when you're bullshitting. You know what but I mean? I'm not. You are. I just, I just gave you. you I just told you why you are. How I feel. I'm not telling I'm, you how Pacey, you feel. I'm not telling you how you feel. I'm telling you what you're saying. So don't. Uh, you know, you try to say things like I put words in your mouth. I don't put words in your mouth. I literally translate what you're saying to the normal audience. And a lot of times it's bullshit. We haven't even got there. Let's move on. Let's move on to the fucking Raw Tag Team Championship. Should we do that? Yeah. All right, the revival. They defeated Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, and Alistair Black and Ricochet. What do you got to say about that match? It was a six-man tag match. Oh my god! It was pretty good. It was all right on on all people's parts. I'm glad that Black and Ricochet didn't win it, and I'm glad they didn't lose it either. But stop making them be a tag team. Yeah, I thought this was pretty bad. Ricochet and Black, they literally only got to show what they could do at the, literally the bell ring. Yep. And then after the bell ring was the only time they really got to show what they could do as individuals. Honestly, it's probably the revival stepping in with creative. Like, you know, these guys are new. We've been here forever. We haven't had any spotlight. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable were your tag team champions for a long time. You also shit all over them. Let the people who have been here have have a little bit more of the showcase. And I think that's kind of what came down to. I don't know that revival has that much clout, but I could see that. As the champions, I think that's that's just what I think. Honestly, this match had too much talent to be this boring, but I was happy to see the Revival actually get a win. I will uh, say that. I, I, I am happy they got a win. but And the match was pretty good towards the finish. Uh, I, I was bored the whole match. I was pretty bored. It was a, it was a hard one to get through. Let's uh, also make note. Three tag team championships defended on one pay-per-view. Which, yeah, makes for a rough pay-per-view. The United States Championship defended on a pay-per-view, not the pre-show. 
which is good. And I didn't even, I didn't even know. We'll get into that next. I don't know. Do we want to just move on from this? But yeah, I think we should. We had a four way. Okay. We had a yeah. four way. I didn't even know Samoa Joe was, had beat our truth for the championship. I didn't even know. Yeah, that's a, I, I'm with you. Number one, I didn't know Joe had the fucking U.S. championship. And I didn't, I didn't know, know the match was even happening. That Andrade <laughs> and fucking uh, R Truth were, or, or it was only two guys when we fucking made the predictions. Was it Andrade and R Truth? Was it? I'm gonna go back to the. No, it was only that. two guys. So all of a sudden, I they, didn't even know that this match was on the prediction. It was, but they dropped two more on us. It was Andrade no, versus R Truth, or no, Andrade Shield. versus Rey Mysterio Women's is what it tag, was. Tag. Oh, Rey Mysterio versus Andrade. That's what yeah, I that just was what said. It was supposed to be. Yeah, I'm here. And it was it was originally scheduled at the top, so it would have been on the pre-show. Yeah, it was it was Andrade versus Rey Mysterio, and they turned it into a four way, which made no sense. I didn't know Samoa Joe was the U.S. champion, which made no sense. He probably took it off our truth on SmackDown just before the pay per view. Yeah. I don't know. I, I know that Samoa Joe was the only one who actually shined in this match. Although, I, I, I want to say this pasty. I liked Andrade Cien Almas using the three amigos and the gory special on Ray because Ray has such a connection to Eddie Guerrero and those were yeah. the gory the gory special obviously is named after Eddie's father Gory yeah. Guerrero and the three amigos was a big part of Eddie's Arsenal, and then um, Chavo took it over after Eddie's death. So I, I, I thought that was cool. I, I give him that. That was cool, but we got to give it up to the highlight of the match, and that is our truth and Carmella's entrance. Nope. That remix. <laughs> yow. Nope. I love it so much. Nope. <laughs> um, it was no. It, actually, the, the it was Carmella, good for both the of their characters. Vega breakdown too was pretty fun during the match. It was good for both of their characters. And our truth changed his rap to fit her shit, so that was cool. Mm, remix. I liked that. I, I will admit, I liked that. She probably didn't write her lyrics, but it was it was good chick rap. I I really didn't like the ending, a four way, which WWE promotes as anything goes, no disqualifications, no blah 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 shouldn't have a can't-complete victory when there are two other wrestlers who can compete. So it wasn't like it wasn't like he tapped out. It was like he passed out. And if there's two other wrestlers that are still awake, yeah. how is that a victory? To me, that's not a victory, right? Right. He should have had to choke them all out. Yeah, so I, I didn't like that. And Samoa Joe is the guy that could do that believably. Um, honestly, though... This match was super fun. I loved every moment of it, other than the end. Um, nothing negative. I really nothing negative. I have to say about this one. This was this was to me the match of the uh, not the match of the night, but almost the match of the night. Yeah, there was yeah. one that was it, better. It was it's fun. it's not what you're thinking, Pasty. Okay, but there was one that was better. But um. It was fun. This was a fun match. Not a lot of psychology. Obviously, they just threw it together like the fucking day before, right? Right, yeah, they had to have because we did those predictions right at the end of the week 
and knew nothing about it. But I, I'd like to think that if we had known this match was happening, we still would have predicted it the right way. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you. Next, we had the Boston Hub Connection defending their women's tag team champions for the first time ever against the Samoan Slaughterhouse, which is probably the best name for any women's anything ever. Especially, in especially when Tamina Snook is in the team and what her daddy did. You know what, Pacey? I have a note about that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a note about that. I'll let you go. It was a match. It was a match. Uh, it was a match where personally the match didn't matter and the ending more so mattered. I think. Like, like a lot of these. Yeah. Oh guess. yeah. hundred percent. What happened because after the match was, was more important. And I have that in my notes. I didn't even really pay attention to the match just because of who's in it. But the ending where Jackson Tamina had lost and then destroy Banks and, and Bailey and then fucking Edge's wife, Beth Phoenix. Yeah, just call her Beth Phoenix. She's not Edge's wife. (laughs) Fuck Edge. She's Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix she made a name for mix. herself long before and fucking says, no, Edge you shouldn't was be doing this. What are you doing to our legacy? And then they started beating up Beth Phoenix, and Natalia comes out. And so now probably at Mania, we're going to get Beth Phoenix and Natalia versus the Samoan Slaughterhouse. Yay. So I got on your clunky match, awkward match, um, I did like... What do you expect out of these four women, really? Well, I did like that the Boss and the Hub connection utilized their tags well. They told a good story with their tags. I liked that. Yeah. But there was a lot of sloppy spots. There was a lot of mm. botches. Um, I like three out of the four women that are in this match. But the one woman I don't like is only here due to nepotism... And the nepotism she's here for is from her dad, who is a fucking murderer, which you accounted <laughs> to earlier. Yeah. So fuck her. Um, I like. I just wish they'd actually do something with her. I don't. I don't. I don't. At least no. Just okay. get her the fuck out. Ten of here. years ago, I wish she's they would have just done something with yeah, her. Yeah, she's not even enjoyable. Get her the fuck out of here. I do. I I do and did like Beth. Phoenix on commentary. I think she's good. I enjoyed that. And I am interested to see where this Beth Phoenix uh, Samoan Slaughterhouse gimmick goes. So they they planted a seed, but it's spending the time watching that whole match was not worth the little bit of seed that was planted in my mind. No. No. And I don't know. Just to have that tag match, just to have Beth Phoenix at WrestleMania doesn't seem worth it to me at all. It's a waste of time, even if it makes the pre-show. So we're gonna um we're gonna try to um super shot these pasty. We're gonna we're gonna rapid fire. All right. Get through these next few here. 
Uh, but we got some good ones, so it might take a little bit. But anyways, we got the WWE Championship match. Daniel Bryan, who ended up defending his title against Mustafa Ali and Kevin Owens. Casey, this match was a fucking fantastic, awesome, amazing. I loved this match. All three men were able to showcase themselves and each other, which you don't see a lot. Even Mustafa Ali. Well, Ali's been doing pretty good since he got called. He on has the main been, roster. but but have the main event guys been putting him over? No, right. but yeah, they no, did get, on this saying. one. Yeah, they put him over on this one. Like, wow. And one thing I thought was super awesome that, that I just I had to make a note of. Kevin Owens screaming ow with every yes kick that Daniel Bryan did is something that really seems small, but I think makes a big impact in the storytelling. Yeah. Like, he literally screamed ow with every kick, and I'm like, holy shit. You don't see that. <laughs> no, it was, it was a very solid match by all three parts. I partway mentally checked out when Mustafa Ali's music hit because I'm like, oh, they're just putting him back in the storyline where he's supposed to be in the first place. Which, I mean, w- would have been cool if he would have been in the storyline in the first place. And it was still kind of cool to see them giving him that nod. Well, that's WWE's fault, though. But, yeah, I know. Yes. And, and But right away, I, I did slightly mentally check out. But it was an enjoyable match by all three parts. I I, I hear what you're saying. One thing I got to fucking knock about the match, and the only thing I can knock about this match, which was... A-plus fucking perfect of a match that I can fucking think of was Cole on commentary shouted standing Spanish fly when it was clearly a normal top rope Spanish fly. <laughs> a standing Spanish fly implies it's done off the You're on mat. The mat. Right, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and he did it <laughs> off the top rope, which is a Spanish fly. Obviously, you're both standing, but that's how a Spanish fly works. So, come on, Cole. Get your shit together. Right. Um, You've been doing this for a long time. Other than that, I I don't have a single negative about this match. I'll say it right now. This is my match of the fucking evening. 100% dead on. Next, we had Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. A broken Becky Lynch. It was ridiculous just how broken she was walking to the ring. Did you like it or did you not like it? Uh, it was kind of cheesy. I don't know what happened before this. I'm going to be honest about that. Uh, it was at the last pay-per-view. She went to charge at... And whoever the fuck she was fighting. And she ended up hitting her knee on the stairs. Oh, this is from the last pay-per-view yet? Oh, wait. is This This goes all the way back to, uh, to oh, Royal shit. Rumble. Royal Rumble was when she smacked her knee on the stairs. When okay. Nia Jax threw her in the stairs. And she started injuring her knee. And then basically ever since, everybody okay. she's been fighting has been hardcore going after that knee. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's what that comes from. But... The stupid thing was after this match, she was at a house show walking crutch free. Like, okay, now that you've made it into the match, there goes the crutch. What? 
I don't know. Yeah, that's WWE for you, and I think that's pretty shitty. Um, I liked I I liked your selling of it. I yeah. will say one thing. When they when she first came down, you could tell immediately that Becky Lynch was going to win because WWE had handed out a ton of quote unquote the man signs to the audience. Yeah. Yep. So obviously she was winning. That was kind of shitty. I thought Becky was really good at selling the knee injury other than one spot, which I did not like. She did a Luthez press off the second rope and uh, she didn't sell her knee at all. And when you land on your knees off the second rope, you should sell that. But other than that, I thought she was great. She sold the knee like crazy. She really put over Charlotte. I think Charlotte Pasty is horrible at trash talking. Yeah. She doesn't sound realistic. She needs at a manager. All. Oh my god. Uh this was a decent enough Charlotte has no idea how quickly she's gonna be replaced by Lacey Evans. She's like watch watch a couple of your dad's matches, you dumb cunt. I don't want to be known as his daughter. Well, still. Then drop the last name. Yeah. This was a decent enough match, but with... Um, stop stop wooing in the worst voice ever. Yeah. With, with a wrestling with injury kind of match that they did, obviously. I mean, you're just going to be limited, and this was pretty formulaic. It was a it weak... Was. It was a really, really weak finish. With Ronda Rousey coming in and attacking. That was a cool straight down knee drop superhero punch. Okay. She landed on her head like if a superhero jumped off the roof of a building and lands on one knee with their fist on the ground. But the finish was weak. Like It was stupid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that Charlotte just stood there and didn't attack Ronda for fucking this up. Becky shouldn't have lost that way. And I get... That Ronda wants Becky, so I, I get that she's forcing that to happen. But it also, if you're looking, let's let's say we're kayfabing this, Pasty. It looks yeah. like Ronda's stupid because now she turned away right. her championship now you advantage have to, fight two people. Yeah. to have her three way, and that just makes her look stupid. And mm. I don't like that. So, well, if they tie that into the logic of why she ends up losing, you know what I mean. You can, if, you can still sum that up in storyline to save That's a big if, Pacey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> WWE's not known for that kind of writing. But it could happen. Then we have the main event. Which I think even you would admit shouldn't have been the main event. No. I, I can see why it was. Oh, if I see why it indeed, was. The last time, but I don't think it's the last time either. No, I, I don't think it was. They I came see out with why it Roman Reigns' first pay per view back since he's beat quote unquote beat cancer. Yeah, which folks here at Beef Six Podcast we're not saying whether he did or didn't. We're just saying it's a ridiculous time frame. That's all we're saying. Um. It was a shield match. That's what I have to say about it. It was a shield match, but it was a typical shield match, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it had all the all the normal shield spots, but we haven't seen that in a while. And the last time we were supposed to see it, it kind of got fucked up by Roman Reigns getting sick. 
And so I was really okay with it, especially against the people they were against. So tell me this. Why were these six or why were these three guys picked to take on these three guys? Because, because they've been picking on Braun Strowman and they, like I said, and Braun uh, Strowman's not they involved in this the match, shield right? power bomb on Braun Strowman through two tables. Well, Braun, no, Braun Strowman's not, not in this, this match. match. But speculation has it somewhere down the road, maybe even at Mania. So um, the biggest monster, Roman Dean, and 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 uh, honorary Shield member Braun Strowman. Yeah. So Braun Strowman, the biggest monster in WWE, needs, needs protection from the Shield. Yes. Okay. I didn't, didn't ask I, for it, though. I didn't know that before the pay per view. This match just lost more points for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, like I said, he never asked for any help. And no, just, um, no, he didn't. I'm it was sorry. they were they. Uh, Lashley was coming after Dean, and that's how it kind of tied the shield into it. But I didn't ask. The fact to, of the matter is, they they did the triple power bomb to. Casey, I didn't ask to get chlamydia, but guess what? Got it. Clap on, clap off, the clapper. Gonorrhea is the clap, but but I give you effort for fucking. <laughs> okay, so this is what I got, pasty. This main event, this main event had zero stakes involved, right? Like there was right. nothing. Like nobody who won got anything, right? Right. Number one shouldn't have been a main event. I think I get it. I get it. I'm gonna say this, people. Roman Reigns just beat cancer. You put him in the main event. I get that. I do 100%. And marketing-wise, if I was ahead of marketing, bam, there you go. That's what's happening. I have nothing against that marketing-wise. I'm going to switch to a pro wrestling fan's head and say that fucking is stupid. We definitely should have had the good match of the WWE title match that was enjoyable yeah, the WWE to watch. championship never gets to be the main event. I know, but it was enjoyable to watch. We liked yeah. watching that. Yeah. Why not let that finish the show? Like I said, this was fine. Um, it wasn't not enjoyable. But, but, Pacey, put an asterisk on that and say it's the main event. Now tell me whether it's fine or not. <laughs> no, no, honestly. I mean, just use... Say it's not a bad match, it's enjoyable, but now put an asterisk and say it's the main event. Is this a fine, enjoyable main event? No. Okay. I I don't like multi-person main events for a lot of reasons. Sometimes they work, but this was a big reason why. It was all over the place. There was no storytelling, no tag psychology. You never really cared what was going on one way or the other or who would win because there really isn't a reason for this fight. We don't know why they're fighting. We don't know. None of us know why they're fighting. Well, some people know it's the people who watch the shows. Even the people that watch the shows don't know because there's no stakes, Pasty. Nothing was at stake. I got steaks in my freezer. What are you talking about? There was nothing at stake that affected Monday Night Raw if these guys won or lost. Either side, right? 
Not really. Other than the, the you know, the faction warfare dominance. You Which know. doesn't exist in, in WWE. Mm, no, but in it testosterone fueled male minds, you know, yeah. All six participants <laughs> were single. And that's kind wrestlers. of the thing is is those three uh McIntyre, Lashley, and Corbin have all been walking around like they are the shield since Roman left with leukemia. Yeah, they haven't. Yeah, they have. I mean, they've done a little bit. They no, they've kind of been single guys who every now and then do something together. It hasn't really been the shield. Like I said, they did the triple power bomb and the shield pose. They tr- they tried to do the triple sh- power bomb. They got blocked. It's no, a- what they did it to Strowman at Royal Rumble. Oh, what a fucking... That's what I'm saying. That's not like, this back pay-per-view. I'm Why are you fucking bringing up random weird back that shit? Far, they were basically saying, yeah, we're the Shield now They're that Roman's the Shield. They're just fucking random fucking singles guys. They are. WWE they are random singles guys. But that's kind of what the Shield is too nowadays. <laughs> nowadays it is. I, I, and and <laughs> basically, you just fucking said what I was going to say. All six participants of this are singles wrestlers who were mm. thrown into a tag match. Now, this match clocked in at 24.50, 24 minutes and 50 seconds. I would argue this match would have been benefited by being five or eight minutes shorter. That, that's what I think. Yeah. Now, what I did love... I loved the crane shot during the brawl where uh, Roman Reigns is in the match or in the, in the ring. I'm sorry. And um, Rollins and Ambrose were fighting on the outside and they kind of crane shot it out and showed you everything. I thought that was badass. I think that's awesome. I think they need to do more of that. But I'm going to say that I agree with uh, the Wrestling with Regret review where it was boring up until the last five minutes. And the last five minutes were actually great. But before that, they should have cut some time off of that, I think. That's how I feel every year on the 4th of July at the fireworks show. Oh, yeah. Agreed with that. 100%. Uh. No, like I said, it was it was a shield match and it was good to see. It probably would have been better off in the mid card just to reinvigorate everybody. But like I said, they just they don't give the WWE championship that shine. They never will. I don't I hate it. We're lucky that it's not on the fucking pre show. No, yeah, I agree with you there. So, so let's break it down for the folks. Yeah. What'd you give it, Pacey? Well, I am giving it a B plus. I'm giving it a C. Now, to be honest, we matched every match, but you won the tiebreaker, which was I was hoping Ambrose would turn on the shield, and he didn't, so you win this match. Yes, I do. The score wound up being 7-8. to eight. Both of us across the board dominating like monsters, and I'm Crazy. sure all you people at home... Did pretty damn good yourselves. It was pretty obvious. You got a B plus. I got a C. Our beef sticks grade is B. Um, 
I don't know who I want the match of the night to be because I don't agree with yours. It's going to be the triple threat. I don't think so. I don't think that was even good. You don't think the WWE Championship triple threat was good? No, I think the three-way WWE title. That's what I'm saying. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with I've that. I've said it three times now. No, you said the WWE Championship triple threat, not the WWE title. <laughs> God. Uh, Call it what it is. I, I thought you were fucking... It says on the note, championship. It doesn't say title. What's the matter with you? Get it right. <laughs> yeah. No, that's definitely the match of the night by far. All I in all, I still think it was a better pick. fast lane than either one of us had expected. Um, I will say... Story-wise, more than matches. I will say Meltzer only gave it a 2.5 out of 5 rating. Um, Wade Keller only gave it a 2-star rating out of 5. Brian Zane of Wrestling With Regret gave it a B grade, and Cultaholic only gave it a B grade. So... I think most people thought that this was a pretty uh, mid-card kind of, meh, they're not trying match. It, it is, though. That's what it is. You don't want to blow your whole load before Mania. It's all yeah, about building Yeah, I mean, I get it, it. and, and I, I agree with that. I'm just not going to judge them on that. They should make, it, the way I judge them, every match should be the last match they're ever going to have. Yeah. And WWE's just too comfortable in their shoes, at least for now. We'll see what happens. Moving on, as we're 15 minutes behind, into our next segment. And this is Fat Max Beef of the Week. I'll make this quick, but the former Santino Morello was on Impact Wrestling's Behind the Lights, and he spewed some complete bullshit from his oral orifices saying that intergender wrestling could give women an, quote, inflated sense of confidence, unquote. His hypothetical situation, which has never happened but he made up, was that there could be, quote, a girl that decides to fight a man because she saw intergender wrestling, and this guy is a mental case that cracks her with his fist and shatters an orbital bone, I think he's trying to say. (laughs) An orbital one. (laughs) (laughs) She wouldn't have done it without intergender wrestling. Um, so stupid. Where does he get this? That's like saying that everybody who watches... You should just be the Jerry of the week for this. Yeah, that's like saying everybody who watches Die Hard is going to jump into a hotel and start shooting fucking people. Right. Any wrestling could be telling people, you know, somebody sees a shooting star press and tries it on their best friend and they both die. Yeah. In a fiery explosion. You dumb fucker. Yeah, fuck you, Santino. Santino's a, a super beef of the week. Pasty. Man, I never thought I'd be angry at him like that. I always thought I would. <laughs> What's up with the Savage Sentinel, though? We got some good news coming up here. Woo! All right, it's time to get into the Savage Sentinel. Harlem Heat has been added to the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2019, Woo-hoo! making Booker T a two-time, 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 two-time Hall of Famer. How you feel about that, Fat Mac? I'm not happy. I'm not happy at all. 
It is kind of a why is he a two time Hall of Famer? He's not that great. Yeah, he's not. He was he's good. not bad. He was good, but he's not. But the, the best second. thing he ever did was King Booker. And the fight with Stone Cold in the grocery store. Yeah, he's not the second two-time Hall of Famer quality. I, As I said, I think almost, <laughs> was it last week or the week before that, I think Hulk Hogan should be the next two-time Hall of Famer. He deserves it. I mean, he's... That's, that's why they're making more two-time Hall of Famers now. You know what I mean? They're trying to pad the grounds before they let Hogan have that... <laughs> They're trying to uh, let people know that, oh, he's not the only one. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. I know he fucked up, but as as far as wrestling goes, he de- he doesn't deserve to be the third-time, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, he should be the one to induct Harlem Heat, am I wrong? Hulk Hogan, Hulk I'm Hogan. coming for you, person. <laughs> person. That better be referenced. It person. has to be referenced. Coming for you, person. And Hulk Hogan has to be the one to bring it up while he's inducting them. Like, oh, remember that time when he said, you coming for me? And then he almost says it. <laughs> Somebody who had a great... If uh, you can make fun of it, you're going to make people be more okay with Hulk oh, Hogan, right? Of right? Of course. But somebody who had a great run with Booker T who wasn't Hulk Hogan... Was Kurt Angle, but he has announced yeah. recently, Pasty, that he's going to be retiring from professional wrestling, and his final match allegedly will be at, at this year's WrestleMania. Pasty, who do you think he could go against? I'm thinking it's John Cena. I think you're finishing where it started, and that's a money match. <laughs> and, and I think John Cena could make Kurt Angle's old ass look good. Maybe. Um, it depends because Cena hasn't wrestled in a while himself, so um, it's hard, I, hard I, to say. I hate to say that. I think Kurt Angle's got better wrestling skills at this age than John Cena. I know one I saw online was Jason Jordan, but um, I don't I'll, know. I'll pick somebody different than you, and I'm going to go with uh, Undertaker. Don't do it. Because obviously Undertaker isn't done. He's got uh. one or seven more matches left. Which is which is bad. I don't want to see it happen. Let me let me emphasize that right now. I don't want Undertaker to wrestle again ever. But I'll say Undertaker. Um, John Cena would be great. Jason Jordan would be okay. Did you see his interview with the church guy? Oh yeah. <laughs> that really ruined Undertaker's character for me. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking on- Michelle McCool. Fuck you. <laughs> Who, who also might be making a comeback soon. Yeah. Yeah, that's more stuff we haven't talked about. But another gal who announced her retirement pace, it was Brie Bella. Yep, goodbye, better, and botchier, Bella. Um, I will say... It's the wrong one. I will say she's the wrong one. Yeah, that's about all I got to say. <laughs> Uh, why couldn't they have both announced their retirement? Neither one of them are doing anything anyway. Right. The other one just wants to keep her name attached to WWE. She, she just wants that check. Yeah. yeah that oh, check. yeah. Why not? I would. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rebella plans on having more Daniel Bryan babies. Speaking of something that just wants its check pasty, what do we got next? 
Ah, oh, fuck. Oh, I hate fuck. this. Why do they do I this is painful every time they do painful. it. Painful! Folks, WWE filed for a new tough enough trademark. Ooh. Let's just hope it's to retain their IP and that they're not planning on bringing the horrible show back. Please, can we stay away from that? Your fucking gator wrestler and your Yeti, neither one of them worked out last time. Quit it. Look to the indies. Don't look to fucking people who send you in a half-assed decent promo. And speaking of oh, half-assed so decent much. promos, pasty, former TNA X Division champion Robbie E assigned with WWE. He's going to be putting um, the E in WWE, if you know what I mean. I've always been mediocre on this guy. He's a solid mid-card guy. Wasn't Robbie E, um, um... Nope. Jersey Shore? Yeah. Yeah. He's a solid mid-card guy, but in WWE, I don't even know if he'd make a solid mid-card guy. Um, he did. I, he was with WWE for a half a second, too, wasn't well, he? Maybe. I think it was, and then he went to TNA. Yeah, right no, he afterwards. was with NXT for a half a second. He said, "Yeah, yeah." Because mm. our um, big gets WWE. It was like Su- SummerSlam or WrestleMania. They had that big announcement from from Jersey Shore, Robbie E. and Snooki. Oh no, 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 no! That was with. Um, there was another guy. No, that was with Zack Ryder. Uh, I don't know. That, no, that wasn't with Some. Robbie. That was with Zack Ryder. Well, when I was reading the news, it said that he was with WWE for an event or for uh for just for an appearance or something. Oh, he was. Uh, um, but n- nonetheless, I'm just I'm not looking forward to it. And with all the talent they do have, I like I, I like Robbie E in a secondary thirdary company. I don't like him in WWE. I'm just gonna say that. I'm sorry. No, he's not gonna go anywhere. He's not. He's not the real Jersey Shore, and we need real people when we're talking about WWE Pacey. Yeah, real people is what we need. And folks, we may be just in luck. WWE also cut a deal with Detroit's own Goat from Eight Mile. Oh. Will the real Slim Shady please stand up? Yeah, it was reported by Fightful that Eminem will be producing the soundtrack for WWE 2K20, as well as making an appearance on a, or a series of appearances on SmackDown, possibly right after the move to Fox. It has also been reported that Marshall Mathers will be receiving a custom WWE championship from the company as well, in a move that has not been seen in, in just over two weeks since Ric Flair's birthday and a month before that when the new Daniel Bryan stopped playing new Super Mario Bros. and unveiled his new WWE championship. God damn it. <sighs> but since the report came out, Eminem's reps have issued a denial about the report, saying that there was a b- brief conversation that involved a third party in 2K Sports, not Eminem's team. Bullshit! It had, it had not been gone b- beyond preliminary discussions, and any reports to the contrary are false. They're bullshit! Fightful's Sean Ross Sapp claims to have received a threat of a legal threat for reporting the Eminem WWE story. Did you just say a threat of a legal threat? Yes, yes. We are threatening you for, with we can, more we can legal threat actions. threat a threat? Right. Just issue a cease and desist and move on. The don't threat, threat, threat a threat. threat. I don't know. I'm going to give you a warning that I may <laughs> warn you later on. 
Go ahead. He stands behind his report and claims to have no legal exposure in this case as a journalist. It's probably going to happen, though. Eminem's people just weren't ready for it to come out yet. And it might affect things with rough SmackDown and Fox and Eminem and shit if contracts hadn't been signed. I'll tell you what might come into occurrence, Pasty. Just a couple of weeks ago, we cultivated our top 10 wrestlers that we would love to see in all elite wrestling. Check it out in the archives. The archives. Charting high on the list, though, was a women's wrestler known by the name of Chelsea Green. Well, pasty, about now we think she may have rather signed with All Elite as she has broken her wrist in her NXT (coughs) debut, which really sucks. About halfway through her match, she suffered the break, but was able to finish the match and as win. a true professional does, and she won the match. Green went in for surgery on Thursday. We do not have an update as of this recording. Well, wrists break, but Jack Action strikes back in the upcoming Jay and Silent Bob reboot titled Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. <laughs> Chris Jericho will stand opposite of our two heroes and heroine. Now, as far as we know, Jay is clean, guys. What we mean is Shannon Elizabeth is also back. Oh, I get you. But Chris Jericho will be a villain in a scene inspired by 80s road trip movies. I'm I'm envisioning some kind of a, a jean jacket vest, some leather, and a motorcycle, some kind of smash talking on the road. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Round, um, round, round. Before I even heard Jericho was attached to it, I've just, I've been of conflicting minds of it's like, we know how re- reboots are, but it's with the same director and the uh, same actors, and it's like, <laughs> I think Well, it's even Kevin Smith is saying it's going to be the same thing as, yeah. as James Silent Bob Strike Back. But we don't want the same thing, right? We don't want a shot-for-shot remake, because we have that movie. Right. No, but but playing it close, playing it close in the lines of like Austin Powers or Ace Ventura or, you know, that kind of shit is to me is, is good. But those are sequels. But those weren't remakes. Right. But this is, it's a reboot. Reboots. Things are going to be different. Things are going to be the same. I Remember think it's cycle. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough. Remember Jumanji? Yeah, it was great. It was. It was great. So that, 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 that's what I'm saying. It's weird because it's technically the same. Jumanji two is a sequel, though not a. Or that's what you're saying. Technically, though. it's a reboot, but but they added Parrish in there. Correct. His house, yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, but it, it's technically a reboot. But yeah, with 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 Smith at the helm and with the same actors, it's like I don't I I don't know what to think. I think it's going to be a fun ride. It's going to be worth, you know, a watch or two. Probably not paying much for it. Hope it hits Netflix. I'll tell you what, though, Pasty. Major League Wrestling announced today that they have employed George Carroll Jr. Oh, thank God. Oh, man. 
He is the veteran businessman who previously was the U.S. Director of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he has also worked for Ring of Honor as well. This, pasty, is a major win for Major League Wrestling. Majorly. Not only that, Canadian superstar Josh Alexander, who has wrestled under the moniker Phoenix, but not with the PH like the Phoenix you're thinking of with the Lucha Brothers, but with an (laughs) F-E-E, has joined the Impact Wrestling roster. Alexander has held championships all over Canada and U.S., including the great Canadian wrestling, Absolute Insane Wrestling Alpha 1, and PWG Pro Wrestling Gorilla. All right. Good for Impact Wrestling. Yeah. They are a Canadian-based company, and they should promote and use what they have at their disposal. We all know that it takes visas to work across borders, (laughs) so the more Canadian talent they can get, um, the more money it'll save them. Right? Oh, yeah. And we all, I mean, just look at the talent that, that Canada has provided to the United States wrestling program. We know Canada is no fucking shortage of pro wrestlers. That's because there's nothing to do up there but to drink and fight. Chris Benoit, Edge, Christian, Brett, Owen. Chris Jericho. Jericho, Kenny Omega. Sammy Zane. Yeah, yeah, the list fucking. The hearts. Goes on and on. Kevin Owens. I mean, you just can't. <coughs> they deserve it. Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal is Canadian. <laughs> That's not somebody you want to bring up when saying who's good. But he is Canadian. What else uh, do we got, Pasty? In uh, a dream match made for the dirtiest of dirt sheets, Dirty. Priscilla Kelly took on Julie Ryan in a quintessential wrestling show in Las Vegas Thursday. And the King of Dong style got a little more than he bargained for when taking on Hell's favorite harlot after delivering a dizzying, dizzying airplane spin on Kelly. Ryan went for his patented penis flip. But Kelly, ever the cagey veteran of the squared circle, called an audible in her strategy by pulling open his trunks and vomiting directly on Ryan's power source, rendering him stunned and incapacitated. Pacey, I am going to go out there and make a personal request that we will not underscore not be sharing this video on our Facebook page. No doubt it would just get taken down right away, right? Um, I, Seems I to be know, the thing that happens. But I, yeah, it's happened to me just <laughs> recently. Um, I personally, Fat Mac, this is Fat Mac talking, I cannot stand vomit humor. But if you want, you can find this for yourselves on YouTube. Uh, fairly, fairly simple. Just look up Pri- Priscilla Kelly, Joey Ryan, Vomit, or any of those three in in combination, and you'll get it. Um, it's it's super creative. It's super good. I actually like it. I'm not gonna lie. 
as much as I hate vomit humor, I actually like this because well, I mean, when it, it works comes down to character. Joey Ryan, you got to do what you can, right? This honestly, I Anything dislike goes this. If the, if the dick flip goes, yeah, I dislike this, but it's better than the dick druids. <laughs> so hey, let's give that something. Is it a pretty close margin, at least? No, because of how <laughs> much time the dick druids took. Uh, and that it fucked up the main event. Which, they should have just danced was... around the ring for the entire match. That would have been fun. Uh, you know what? They danced around like a couple of women on the fucking Sports <laughs> Illustrated Bikini Edition. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Sports Illustrated broke news Thursday that StarCast 2 will be commencing at the infamous Caesars Palace in Las Vegas during Memorial Day weekend. The first StarCast took place in the suburbs of Schaumburg, Illinois, outside Chicago during all-in last Labor Day. And the second will be just a 25-minute walk down the Las Vegas Strip from where All Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing will be taking place on my 25th at the MGM Grand Garden Arena! <laughs> I was hoping I could carry the pitch up and up to the end of that. That was a long stretch. Did that better than would. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> I don't know where to fucking go from here. <laughs> I mean, that's cool and all. God damn. <laughs> you and I aren't making it to fucking Las Vegas this year, though. <sighs> Chicago was a much easier fucking yeah. trip than <laughs> yeah, Las went. Vegas. We should have went, and it would have been a lot cheaper, too, I'm sure. Oh, fuck, First year yeah. rather than the second year. Don't want to see the prices next year, either. Fuck. And it'll be nah, in Minneapolis. No, it won't. They're never know, coming to Minneapolis. We have, we, have, we have stated, though, that Ric Flair will actually make this one, even though he backed out of the last one. Medical reasons, folks. Medical reasons. But, talking about the old uh, Flair Mo himself, PWO Insider confirmed that Ric Flair underwent surgery yesterday. I love that his real name is Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Like, they really had to try hard to come up with his wrestling name. It's Ric Flair. <laughs> Flair doesn't work. Give it a little flair. <laughs> um, what this actual surgery is for is currently undisclosed. But surprisingly... NBA anchor Charles Barkley, of all people, gave his well wishes to Ric Flair during Thursday's Dallas Mavericks game. Keep in mind, Flair nearly died during a hospital stay in August of last year. Doctors actually gave Flair a 20% chance at living as he battled early-stage kidney failure while also having a portion of his bowel removed we here at beef sticks podcast wish flair a speedy healthy and full recovery and wish his family the best yes indeed Whew. yeah it's rough uh, at least he got to have a good 70th birthday I loved seeing the pictures from his actual birth, not the raw one, but his actual birthday party. Right. With all the people you never think you'd see together in a room and everybody getting along. They were there. Yeah. If, if for anything, 
other than Flair's sake, getting along. It was it exactly. was cool to see. just because he's Flair. Yeah. No, wish him the best. He's getting up there in age, and I worry. But it also seems like you know a couple more surgeries, and he might be ninety percent android, so we might be out of the out of the woods there. He might be. He might be a better wrestler as a robot. <laughs> he squirts blood out of his eyes. Jeez. I'm a robot. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, he survived with a twenty percent chance of survival. He's gonna bounce back from the surgery and be better than ever. Damn right. All right. This has been well, a great day, though, Pasty Man. A fucking fantastic day. Yes, it is. There's been a greater day has happened on this day this year. Oh yeah, you feeling good? I think. On this I, think day? This, I think this year has had the greatest day ever. <laughs> And of course, that would be because today is America's second favorite Twitter darling, just behind Donald Trump, the Iron Sheik's 76th birthday. Pretty dope. He turned 76 on Friday, March 15th, and celebrated the day by tweeting a photo of himself with the message, Happy birthday to the legend of the earth. The earth! Sending love to the victims and families of the mosque shooting in New Zealand late night Thursday. Mosque shooting, yeah! <laughs> also this week in pro wrestling history, WrestleMania X8. We like the mosque shooting, we give it up! <laughs> Shoot more mosques! No. <laughs> what? He, he, he would probably tweet that. Shooting the mosques! I thought you meant moths. Fucking cold pills, folks. Pacey edited that shit out. <laughs> okay. I'm fuck. Edit it and put it right away at the beginning of the episode. I've had coming three in. of my fucking beers. <laughs> three of my fucking beers. God, I feel like I'm gone. Uh. Give it to him, Pasty. All right. I'm just going <laughs> to kick back. Also this week in pro wrestling history, WrestleMania X8. One of the best WrestleManias of all time. It sure was a good one. Featured matches such as a four corners elimination tag team match featuring champions Billy and Chuck. They were champs. Hell yeah. And they existed at the same time as teams like the APA, Dudley Boys, and the Hardy Boys, whom they faced all three of in this match and retained their championships. Had to bring it up because we just brought them up recently, and fuck, it's Billy and Chuck. It's Billy and Chuck. Also on WrestleMania Act 8, Undertaker faced Ric Flair in a no-disqualification match, and of course... It was a bloody one. Not the best Ric Flair match, not the best Undertaker match, but at that time of year, one of the best matches. Yes, yes. Not the best match because that's coming up. That's right. The Rock versus Hollywood Hulk Hogan 
in a prequel to One Time Only Part 1, if you really think about it. Holy shit. This might be my favorite match of all time ever. Yeah? This might be the best wrestling match ever. The Rock, Hulk Hogan. The way Was it the owned... first, like, literal passing of the torch in WWE? No. Uh, WrestleMania 3 would have been the first literal passing of the torch in WWE. That what, Andre, Andre passing Hulk. it to Hulk? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but this was definitely, definitely one of the best matches ever, and the audience was so split, and it was just... Uh, Hulk Hogan is supposed to be the heel, and everybody turned him as a face. He still lost. Rocky won. This was this is one of the best psychologically, not in ring, not in ring, because there's so many better in ring matches. Psychologically, this is probably the best match I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Powerful, uh, era-defining match. Era-defining, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that's perfect, basically. So did Andre the Giant carve the torch, or who passed him the torch? Um, I would have, I would say that Bruno Sammartino passed him the torch. Um, Bruno Sammartino was obviously the uh, threadbare before that. Yeah. It's just interesting to see how that's gone, and it has gone down the line. And, and you could even Martino say that to Andre from uh, to Hulk to Rock to well, Cena. even from San Martino, you could say maybe even the Iron Sheik took it from him. Yeah, yeah, it's it's super interesting. There's a long lineage of torch, of torch <laughs> passing. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Because it not actually, every it seems to mean more than any championship in WWE. Yeah, not every title match is a torch passing. Right. We've, fuck, we've learned that over the years. Sometimes. And I mean, Cena's lost a lot of matches, but he only passed the torch once, and I think that was to Roman Reigns. Yeah, uh, agreed. Agreed. And Rock passed the torch to uh, John Cena. Yep. So. Took two WrestleManias to accomplish, but it happened. But he did it. <laughs> and of course, the WWE WrestleMania X8 ended off with Chris Jericho losing his undisputed championship to Triple H. That was a tangled web story. And, and even Chris Jericho says he, he, he may have been the last match on the card, but he definitely did not headline that WrestleMania. Yep. Yeah. Um, WWE, Chris Jericho was the first CM Punk. Can I say it that way? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, I think that's a fair call. Okay. WWE liked him as a main eventer, but not the, oh, excuse me, not the main eventer. Not to mention he wanted a completely different build-up as to, and they kind of did it, but they didn't do it the way he wanted. And he wanted to, you know, be backstage and he might want to mention to Hunter when he came back from his injury that he had saw Stephanie getting kind of cozy with Rob Van Dam 
And then he sees somebody kissing Stephanie, and it's the guy with the ponytail, and he pulls the ponytail thing against Rob, but it was Jericho. And so the the whole story going into the match in Jericho's story would have been Jericho sleeping with Stephanie has the power over Triple H, and that would have been how it built up. But the otherwise, story, it, it yeah. boiled down to Jericho and Stephanie were just business partners in in... in Kayfabe, how it goes down. Is yeah, which is no fun. <clears throat> no. I mean, we could all see what was insinuated with it, but I think had you pulled the plug the way Jericho wanted it to be done, I think it would have been main event worthy. And having Triple H win it would have been such a more overpowering victory for him. Right. <clears throat> but yeah, there that's you go, that. Basically. There you go. And how you do? That was another Beef Sticks for you. Feel free to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Beef Sticks Podcast, on Twitter at Beef Sticks CSB, on Instagram at Beef Sticks Podcast, and on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Cloud Style. Beef yeah. Sticks Podcast, of course, brought to you by our parent company, Cloud Style, and our proud sponsors at Monster Wear Clothing. Qualities T-shirt company and the Galactic get down. I'm pasty white. And I am fat Mac. We'll catch you next week with an all new hard hitting show as we continue our march towards a hundred episodes. It's coming up soon, folks. Hundred episodes. Ooh, never thought we'd make Ooh. it this far. Maybe took us a little bit longer to get here than it should have. But we're approaching it quickly, and this train ain't stopping until we get there. Nope. We will see you next week, folks. End it. Say something to end it. You always make me end it. You already click stop. <laughs>